Emotional security is like the blanket that you tuck your soul in. Pete Livingston. You ready for Joe? Joe hey, you ready to you up? <laughs> That's what I think he's saying. He's like, hey, you're about to sleep with Joe Buck. And Sam. This is our, our candy orchestra. Mm. It's still going. Those are some good pop rocks. Los Livingston Brothers. Hello, folks. This is uh, Timmy going solo on a podcast. I believe number 198 is what this one is. Um, I'm doing this on my drive home from the Santa Rosa Junior College as I've uh, been taking this drive for a little while now. But I want to uh, to get in and, and do kind of a solo shot because the fact that um, when it's come down to my appearances on the podcast, they've been kind of few and far between over the last uh, few weeks, months. Um, and it basically has to do with this, this is kind of a hype for um, some things to come in, in regards to some stuff I'm doing and, and also to keep you guys kind of an idea of where Los Livingston Brothers will be going um, in, in the next uh, few months. So first off, for, for those who don't know, um, I have been working for the Sonoma Stompers, the uh, baseball team in Sonoma for the last, you know, three and a half, four months, and we've, uh, you know, just finished up a season, and uh, I, I'm, I'm talking about it in, in, in kind of interesting terms because uh, um, for those of you who, who haven't followed the team, uh, we've had a very interesting addition to our to our organization this year in the in the uh, additions of Ben Lindbergh from Grantland so if you guys read the Bill Simmons or for, you know, f- former Bill Simmons led site at ESPN uh, and baseball prospectus which has been probably the biggest um, analytical baseball website as far as getting people into professional baseball uh, in actual organizations ever. Uh, there's a, there's just a laundry list of people who have at some point written or been a member of uh, Baseball Perspectives who have gone on to write. And so Sam Miller, who is the current editor-in-chief of the website, and Ben Lindbergh, who was the editor-in-chief of the website before he moved on to Grantland, um, they were our baseball operations department. And one of the things was not only were going to be our baseball operations department, but they're going to write a book about them being uh, the baseball operations department. And so I'm going to be in a book. And it's uh, it's kind of uh, thrilling. Um, I mean, I won't be much in the book. It'll kind of be like background noise. Um, I'm kind of seeing it more as uh, depending on how Ben and, and Sam, or Sam and Ben, uh, try to use it. I'll probably be more background noise than anything else. Like, I know they'll have access to my recordings if they want to go back and listen to how I called certain things. But um, basically what it comes down to is um, the Stompers are going to get a little bit more publicity going into next season, mainly because of uh, what Ben and Sam decided to bring to the organization. It was a great fit, and I got a chance to work side-by-side with them for the last three, you know, three and a half months, and it was tremendous. It was one of those things that 
I would not have given up for anything. It was, uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to do a lot of the hard nose, you know, computer analysis stuff. Uh, they had a couple of guys helping out who they talk about in the book and, and kind of show you how they were able to work that network in and, and kind of make some things happen. And so there's going to be some really cool things that come out of all this. But, um, you know, I'm obviously going to let them speak on the book more than I am. I'm going to be on the Banish to the Pen podcast at some point um, after the season. So I'll let the, let you guys know when that happens. But, um, you know, this was one of those seasons where, you know, for, for me personally, since I'm going into, uh, you know, grad school next summer, perhaps, that uh, it's kind of tough to to see myself um, coming back because if I do get into the program um, uh, that I want to at USF, they start in July. And so, um, you know, the season runs from June through August. And so obviously there's not much I could do uh, in regards to being there for the full season, which is what they need. They need someone who can be there the whole year. Um, but I will say this. I, I wanted to really go out with a bang if this was quote unquote my last year and you know, I'm kind of assuming it is due to the fact that, you know, I got to go back and, and get my grad stuff going and you know, maybe it's in July, maybe it's in August, you know? And so if that's the case, I need to be prepared. But, uh, I don't know. I, I just felt like for me to, um, you know, to, to have this opportunity and I had, you know, another opportunity to kind of sit back and maybe do some other stuff this summer um, but I figured that if these guys are going to come in and do this, that it was a no-brainer. And there's a lot of work. I think I calculated something like 1,200 hours. If you uh, you know take what I've done in certain days and you know average it out over the course of 100 days, basically 12-hour days. Um, you know because I worked a little bit before the season actually started on June 1st, and it was a 90-day season, so uh, or 92-day season, July and August. So. I mean, it's 12 hours, 12 hours a day, basically, for, for that time. A lot more than I actually put in with the Blue Jays. Um, you know, the Blue Jays were uh, a little bit different. You know, I, I worked some 10, 11-hour days with the Blue Jays, but there's a little bit bigger staff, and, you know, there's some people helping out in other areas where I didn't help out so or didn't need to help out because they had people covering that stuff. So it, it, was, uh, it was interesting, and I felt like now – looking back on it is is a season that I really hope people take the time to read the book and it's not just because I'm in it but you know when it comes to writing about things in baseball uh, it's become kind of a, a cliche to, to romanticize the game and, and all that stuff but in, in you know because there is something romantic about the game. There always has been. It's been written about more romantically than any other sport, um, and so it's it's a game that, in the you know minds of you know analytical forward thinkers, people think, oh, they're taking the they're taking that romanticism, the whimsy out of the game, you know. And instead, this is I think when you read this book, it's going to come off more like a labor of love, which is. You know, as as if they put the Theo quote, Theo Fight Master. Yes, that's his real name. Our general manager and a good friend of mine. Um, he basically said, "We're all crazy to be doing this," and it is true. I mean, we won't go into the details about 
how much everybody got paid for doing these jobs, but we all love baseball to the point where we're taking paltry, paltry payments to make it happen and, uh, you know, doing basically everything we can to put our heart and soul into this thing, even when we're tired, even when, you know, we're staring, you know, months ahead into the in the face of uncertainty and, you know, trying to work our butts off towards something that at some point seemed like it wasn't going to, you know, happen or things that we we were shocked to see happen one way or the other. And, um, you know, I just know that this season there's a lot of twists and turns. There were a lot of um, setups for, uh, you know, there's going to be a, there's going to be a crescendo to this book. That's for sure. And there's, you know, if you really want to go act one, act two, act three, you'll get that too. But I am interested to see how they decide to write about this, if they're going to do it chronologically in the sense that um, everything will be in order from, you know, how it got started to how everything, you know, ended, or if they're going to maybe take it piece by piece by the things that they wanted to look at. I mean, you know, they're gonna they're gonna come together on certain things. They're writing it, you know, right now, basically, since the season just ended, and now deadlines have to come in. It's like, yeah, you got to do this and this. So, um, publishing a book is fun, kids. Just want to put that out there. Uh, but I, you know, I'm excited to see it, and it's it's something that you can't also say, you know, without bias, because of course I was you know going to be a part of it but I'm not going to be a big part of it I'm going to be a bit player in this thing and I just want to see you know how this story is written um and you know people who did follow the team uh know how it ended I'm not going to say it but uh it's it's going to be it's going to be uh an interesting ending too and I you know I think the big thing because like most other baseball books you know like your money balls and and um and the, the book about the Dodgers that just came out, and you know, all these other books that that kind of you know try and paint this picture and come up with some conclusion. There are going to be some conclusions drawn for this that I think are going to change the way that uh, people look at baseball. And you know, being done here in you know Sonoma, which is uh, in the baseball world, uh, you know, a, you know, a drop in the thimble, so to speak. It's uh, it's interesting, and you know, obviously, historically, the precedent that we have by, um, in no short terms, uh, uh, you know, really being uh, standard bearers for um, uh, for acceptance and for tolerance. I mean, people, you know, who don't know, uh, back on June twenty fifth of this year. Um, we had a night celebrating our one of our pitchers, Sean Conroy, who um, is the first ever openly gay player in professional baseball, like as he played openly gay. And there were other players who came out after they were done playing, and, um, uh, and one of them, Billy Bean, no, not that one, the other one who played um, in the 90s for a few teams. He's now the ambassador of... Um, of uh, of uh, he is an ambassador, I should say, of of uh, Major League Baseball, and um, you know this is something that that spread like wildfire, and it was something that, to the point, uh, got something um, across that had been missing in in baseball for a long time. We saw it with Michael Sam, we saw it with Jason Collins, um, but what was interesting uh, personally to that 
is um, we we keep score digitally. So there's this uh, Point Streak is the name of this company. They're out of Canada, um, and they basically created an app for us to digitally keep score. And it got to the point where. Um, we were not even doing written book. It was only digitally uh, keeping book. Um, but on that night, they needed, uh, you know, uh, that night there was something about it that was historical. And next morning on June 26th, when all the media calls came in about Sean and wanting these you know, interviews here and there and, and all this stuff, um, I remember the email. I, I want to say I remember the time. I want to say it was 12.06 p.m. 12.06 or 12.08. And it was from Cooperstown. And they said they wanted the scorecard from Sean's game. And uh, we said we're more than happy to. But I explained to them that we keep it digitally. And so I'll have to keep the written book and I'll sign it since I also double as the team's official score. Because if there's a change that needs to be made, I'm the guy who does it. And so... Uh, You know, it's that scorecard is now in Cooperstown. It's at the Hall of Fame, and all the guys got to sign that lineup card that night. And you know, that now lives, um, as I've been saying, it's in perpetuum. It's something that will never be taken away from any of us who were there that night. Uh, and you know Sean doing this and making history and being such a uh, you know a great ambassador himself for what this means to the game. Uh, it's uh, it's incredible, and the fact that we quote unquote get to ride on his coattails of of, of this and celebrate such an incredible night. And now the Stompers, who weren't even a thing uh, almost two years ago, who basically just, hey, we need another team in this league or else we're not going to have a league. And so San Rafael, the Pacifics, they have an ownership group. They're like, let's just start up a team in Sonoma, uh, you know, and and let's keep it a four-team league. And uh, never in our wildest dreams would we have thought that – Basically, 18 months after it was created, the Sonoma Stompers are now in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, the Stompers, if, you know, the baseball, if, you know, you know, you know independent baseball, maybe it's not even here in five years. You know, I don't want it. I want it to be here for a long time. But, I mean, the fact that that's in the Hall of Fame and, all of us who got a hand in it got to sign it. Uh, got to sign something that's going to be in Cooperstown. And Craig, Craig, uh, uh, you know, Muter, who is basically giving me the green light to go out there and, and, and say hi whenever and, uh, and check that out. Um, I, I couldn't be happier. And we got the official, um, the official proclamation from the, the Hall of Fame accepting... Uh, on Theo's behalf, the uh, donation of the artifacts of the scorecard and of the um, lineup card signed by the team as official artifacts to be used uh, on display at the Baseball Hall of Fame. 
And so, uh, unbelievably enough, there's going to be something of mine in the Hall of Fame. Uh, And all of us with the Stompers who get to be a part of that, uh, it's just, it's mind-blowing. And so, um, you know, for people wondering, like, what the heck have I been doing this summer? Why haven't I been? I have done podcasts, but not nearly as much. Pete's been doing some solo. He did a lot of solo stuff um, to to prep everybody for the fantasy football season that we have uh, in the dynasty. But, um, you know, I've I've gotten a chance to do some remarkable things this year. Uh, and and I think they're just, you know, there's things that when it came to what I wanted to do this summer, um, it was almost not a question of me not coming back. Like, I wanted to come back, um, but I also wanted to do it not just because of what it meant to me from a you know baseball standpoint, but for my future. And, um, you know, I got a chance to see how the sauce was made, so to speak. I don't know how to make the sauce yet, but I have an idea. And that alone, like, as someone who's a quote-unquote intern, like I did, I saw myself as I just want to be someone who can learn whatever. And I got a chance to talk to a couple of the guys and work in some things that, uh, and they got to, you know, show me some things about how things are calculated and what they used to do it. And it was great. It was one of those things where for me, I was, um, I was just happy to be a part of it. And, uh, it's something that's going to stay with me forever. And I, I'm, I'm beyond honored that I was able to be a part of it, and I can only hope that at some point the, um, you know, the the, you know, that when we look back on it, it's still going to have the the lasting impression. Like it is going to be, you know, the I've said it's the best summer of my life, and I think it is. I've I, I couldn't believe that, you know, they happened the way it did, and uh, uh, I I can't wait to read what Sam and Ben Ben and Sam. Uh, uh, do so it's it's going to be fun and check it out it's called the only rule is that it has to work and i think it's slated slated for march slash april i want to say march slash april so right around the time that you know baseball season starts up this book will come out so but um but yeah that's uh that right there folks that's that's the big end that's that's some really cool stuff and um uh you know for for me this summer to be able to work with those guys and you know and get to know them and and you know get a chance to bounce things off of them and you know they're mostly bouncing things off off of off of me and me sitting there going like sure uh you know, and, and I know me wanting to be a part of the process, but, you know, they have the way they're going about doing things. So it's, um, you know, and, and we're all looking back on it fondly. We're all looking back on it like a, uh, you know, like, like it was like a great summer at camp or something like that. And it is, it's, uh, it's going to be a cool story. Um, also just, you know, if this sells the book more, there might be a picture of me with like the worst sunburn of my entire existence on my face, um, in the center, uh, you know, the center glossy pages, you know, cause there will be pictures. There obviously has to be pictures. Um, but yeah, um, I, I didn't wear sunscreen one day. It was bad. Sam decided to take a picture of it. And, um, yeah, I was for, I was just like, Jesus Christ. I, I, I don't know how, why, whatever. Wear sunscreen, kids. 
it, it only helps. It doesn't hurt. It always helps. So, um, so that's that's been my summer. And then a couple of other things before, um, you know, this the you know to to kind of lean it into what we're doing in the future. Um, I've been doing Phoenix Pro Wrestling almost a year now, which is crazy. Um, we've done four shows. Uh, they've been very good, and. Um, we recently did one with Gold Rush, which is uh, kind of an offshoot of APW All Pro Wrestling, which has been based out of San Francisco and the East Bay for many years. Roland Alexander, if people ever saw the documentary Beyond the Mat, um, Roland was one of the guys that kind of was front and center about the guys who weren't in the glamorous positions, uh, Mike Modest and some other guys who coming up through the independent ranks like he was the guy that was honing their craft and setting it up to work and live here and, and such so um so apw gold rush there's a lot of overlap there and now uh phoenix pro wrestling josh drake and jim ages who've done such a great job of of kind of finding something up in petaluma which is really cool um you know, they, they've put this thing at the Phoenix Theater. It's been good. We have another show September 25th that I will be broadcasting with my good friend Eric Ritz. And, um, yeah, it's it's just been fun. I, I hope that people can look at it on YouTube. It's at PPW Petaluma. So just search for PPW Petaluma. And they have the first show from our first matchup from the August 21st show up. And we're going to get all the show up by the 25th and so people can see um you know how it looks going into uh that september 25th show uh which will be the first title defense uh on a ppw show with bobby hart who is the champion out of uh out of central california so i'm i'm just stoked i i understand that in the grand scheme of things much like the stompers uh phoenix pro wrestling is just a very small little you know thing in, in the world of independent or in, in just the world of professional wrestling but uh i'm you know i i get to broadcast pro wrestling i i can't it's it doesn't get much better than that it really doesn't i i cannot believe it so it's uh it's something that i love doing and so i actually missed a couple of stompers games this year to do phoenix pro wrestling um basically it also you know it also gave a, a little bit of leeway to uh, to get some other guys in the booth, uh, like Theophyte Master, like Sam Miller, like Ben Lindbergh. So it was okay. It was fine. Um, everybody won in that uh, respect. So, uh, but yeah. So that was the other thing I've I've done is Phoenix Pro Wrestling, and uh, you know I'm 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 looking forward to to continuing on with that as I move forward in my. Uh, and in in my broadcasting side, which is you know become more of a hobby than a career. I mean, I'll still do you know Snow Valley High School because you know why not? And uh, you know I've still got uh, you know maybe another year of that in me before I go off to grad school. In which case, if I you know get into the specific programs, I'm not going to have time to do broadcasting. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm stoked on it. I think it's a, a great thing. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 very happy to be a part of uh, part of something like that. So now for the future, and and what uh, what this show is going to be like at least for the next four months, maybe five. Um, as you heard with Pete Solo shows the Dynasty, which is the league that 
uh, Elliot and myself and Pete, Elliot, our commissioner, who's been my friend since I was six, uh, over in the old Alvarado King Court days, uh, over there in the little cul-de-sac of, uh, over by Alvarado Elementary School. Um, he is running this league, which has our good friends Robin and Joe, uh, Marcos, Brianne, um, and a few other people that uh, Elliot has known, either cousins or other fantasy football compatriots, so to speak. And um, they, we've created this 12-team league, and we're going at it for the next four months uh, for bragging rights, uh, mainly to shit-talk everybody else on this podcast as that's what it's generally been used for, these podcasts. So um, the, the four months, five months, whatever you want to call it, it, it basically is five months because, I mean, the draft August 22nd just happened, and so it's going to go through beginning of January of 2016. But it's also like, you know, we've been talking about this league for six months. Like, literally, like, after the end of the last league, even though I've been in baseball leagues, there's this idea that, uh, you know, Elliot, uh, rightful and righteous commissioner that he is, has been wanting to improve the product. And so what do you do to improve the product? You take in whatever you feel you can do to uh, enhance said product. And so it's um, it's been pretty neat to, to kind of see what this league has become and the addition of two teams into the mix makes things very interesting uh, it's, it kind of um, it dilutes the talent pool and really makes every pick count and I've learned the hard way with a couple of trades although I've definitely won a couple of trades uh, and I feel like at this point um, you know it's a league that really does um, kind of lean towards the, the guys who take chances on players and um or or gets a player that's undervalued and they overperform because um this can't be a top heavy league unfortunately and because of that uh what ends up happening is you know these top heavy player uh, top teams you know we're trying to get the best picks it's like sometimes you can do that but other times you have to have those guys that you steal like joe whose team is returning nine players. You have a keeper system, as Pete you know, has mentioned. Uh, you know, he's returning nine players to his team this year, and a lot of them are way, way undervalued relative to when they were picked. Like, he's got Russell Wilson as a 15th. I have Ryan Tannehill as a 15th, right? So there's a lot of players that, that get involved here, and you, you have to kind of take chances on some guys that maybe you wouldn't in others and so uh your hope is that these guys come through and and if they do then you have a valuable asset that all of a sudden becomes as you know more and more valuable as the season goes on um and so for me I, you know, I I basically bet the the farm on 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 Tannehill being a good quarterback this year. I didn't take a quarterback until the sixth round, and even then I took two, um, and that's one of the bad uh, you know aspects of my draft. So I'm uh, I'm interested to see how my team goes, and, and we've talked about the teams at nauseum. But as far as those you know looking for the you know the the more nerdy stuff like you know magic and and uh, and, and sports and you know non fantasy football type sports over the course of the next uh, you know 
uh, I would say over the next four or five months, uh, they'll be kind of sparingly used. Like we might get in one here or there if we have the time, uh, but mainly just expect one a week, probably on a Tuesday. Um, and, uh, and on that Tuesday, you know, we'll sit down and we will discuss things relative to our football league because of course Monday is when this you know the week ends. And so, you know, expect that maybe, you know, out on Tuesday, up Wednesday, that type of stuff. And then we'll just go from there. And uh that'll be the podcasting um breath, so to speak, over the course of uh you know, next five months. So it'll be fun. Uh you know, when you know we're gonna have Robin and Joe and probably Elliot on at some point and Marcos and Brianne, if they decide they want to get on it, but uh, you know, I, I just think it's it's kind of cool to to have this group, um, and uh, and have them here. I can't forget the Mats Hughes and Keyser, Keyser up in Seattle, and uh, Hughes out in uh, Joliet, England, um, and uh, you know, and so you know, have a bunch of your friends together to do this. It's it's going to be fun, and uh, we can't wait to see what happens so um so that's kind of it so that's my little i I can call it a mini podcast it's a show this is show 198 of los livingston brothers it's just myself tim tim going stag um but i i hope that you guys have enjoyed kind of the update this is very much so a bridge to the meteor um more los livingston brothers-esque podcasts that uh, dominate your earballs when uh, when when you when you put this on, and I did say earballs. So uh, we hope that you continue to listen in. We hope you continue to support us, um, and uh, and look out for more Los Livingston Brothers, and also look out, as I said, for the only rule is that it has to work by Ben Lindbergh and Sam Miller, uh, and that'll be in bookstores probably in March or April. But um, as the closer we get on the other side of football, you know, I'll be talking it up uh, pretty, pretty big. So I hope all is well with everybody. Thank you for listening in. And uh, we will see you as we inch closer to 200 uh, when football season begins. September the 9th or September the 10th. Pardon me. So close. You can feel it. So I uh, appreciate everybody listening in. Take care. And uh, we'll see you soon. Hey, if you want to keep following Los Livingston Brothers, you can see us on Facebook. Just go to the Los Livingston Brothers fan page. Give us a like, leave comments, all that good stuff. And on iTunes, make sure to subscribe and also give us a nice, pretty-looking review and throw five stars up on us because we are like a Rob Van Dam frog splash because it's the five-star frog splash. Uh, On top of that, if you don't use iTunes to listen to your podcast, you can also go to LosLivingstonBrothers.com, click on the Radio Shows tab, and you'll be able to listen to all the shows dating back to our very first show at KCY in 2011. Man, that was a long time ago. I'm old.